My name is Mark, I'm part of the leadership team here at Jubilee and this morning we're heading towards the end of our series, we're not quite at the end, we've got one more week to go, but I'm continuing our series looking at life in the Holy Spirit and this morning we're looking at how the Holy Spirit empowers us to share our faith. So we're, we're going to be based in the book of Acts and we're reading a passage in, in uh, Acts chapter 1 verses 1 through 8 and I'm going to start us off by reading through the passage for the day. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day that he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. They then gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now that's a, a big meaty passage that talks lots about lots of different areas of faith. And we're going to draw out a few things in there this morning. And we're going to start with what Jesus says about his ministry. You know, there's a profound statement at the start of this passage. I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. And it's like, hang on. Jesus has ascended to heaven and surely this is the moment where the baton is being passed and, and the Holy Spirit is going to empower the disciples. But there it's very clear that the ministry is the ministry of Jesus. That Jesus began to do and teach in person but continues to do and teach through Christians in, in the passage, it's the early church, it's the apostles. But right now, it's, it's us. It's the community of believers. It's the church. You know, there's that, a phrase that I always say many, many times, which is, the church is the vehicle of Jesus Christ. You know, the church is the vehicle of Jesus Christ to the world. It's through us that Jesus becomes famous. And clearly... Jesus uh, is talking about the fact that he talked about the Holy Spirit and now there's an encouragement for them to wait until they receive the Holy Spirit. And we've talked lots about receiving the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and one of the things that I think has been, been clear through this series is the articulation of who is the Holy Spirit for? Now, who is the Holy Spirit for? I mean, first of all, you know, we can answer that in two different ways. 
Who is the Holy Spirit for? The Holy Spirit is for everyone. Now, he didn't say, you wait here and some of you will be baptised in the Holy Spirit. You wait here and some of you will receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and that will empower how you share your faith. No, no, it's very clear. The Holy Spirit is for all of us. Now, in terms of receiving the Holy Spirit, it's for all believers. When we become born again, there's an indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But there's also an anointing, a coming upon, a baptism, a filling of the Holy Spirit, which is for all believers. And that's fine, and that's one way of answering the question, who is the Holy Spirit for? But also, who is the Holy Spirit for? You know, what, what is the purpose of being baptised in the Holy Spirit? We're in a passage talking about witnessing to the ends of the earth. And I guess the answer there is going to be for everybody to reach out. But, but actually the Holy Spirit is for you. you know, as a unique individual, the Holy Spirit is for me. God gives you the Holy Spirit for you. 100%. You know, it says um, in the book of John, in John 14, 15... If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. Um, A helper, a helper. Now, we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit for ourselves as an individual, but also, also, the Holy Spirit is not just for you, 100% is for you, but also 100% is also for the community of believers. When we were looking at the gifts of the Holy Spirit, earlier in this series, we we looked at a scripture in 1 Corinthians 12. In 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says this, The Holy Spirit is given to each of us in a special way that is for the good of all. So we receive the Holy Spirit for ourselves. It's a unique and precious gift from the Father for you as an individual. But also, having the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are actually for the benefit of the church, to build everyone up for the good of all. It's good for me that you're baptised in the Holy Spirit. It's good for me that you're filled with the Holy Spirit. It's good for all of us, each other, that we are a spirit-filled community. And also, the Holy Spirit is for everyone. You know, the Holy Spirit is not just for the church. In, and, you know, in this passage, in, in verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And, and there's something about requiring the baptism of the Holy Spirit to actually really being able to be properly a witness to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So the Holy Spirit is for me, it's for us, it's for me, it's for us, and it's for everyone. And, and here, there's really clear instructions. Don't go until you've got the Holy Spirit. Don't go until you're filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Now, earlier in this series, Phil talked to us about what it means to be filled with the Spirit. And here we see that the power of being a witness for Christ is linked totally to being baptised in the Holy Spirit. And it's a bit like, you know, that, this, this passage, um, do not leave Jerusalem. And, and I guess at this moment in time, you know, I mean, the, the disciples did some slight, slightly crazy, impetuous things when Jesus was with them physically. Shall I put a tent up? Uh, shall I do this? Shall I do that? Um, I'm going to come out and walk on the water. Oh, no, I'm going to sink. So if they did all these slightly impetuous things when Jesus was physically with them, I guess their inbuilt tendency was to just go and do impetuous, crazy things without him physically present. And this instruction is, don't go just yet. Wait, wait. Come on, you can do it. Just wait, just wait um, until you get the Holy Spirit. And it reminds me a little bit of um, what the best present Terry ever bought me was a chainsaw. And uh, it is really good. Proper steel two-stroke petrol chainsaw. And uh, the instruction booklet was pretty sobering. So the uh, warning, danger of death. Warning, danger of loss of limb. But you get those things like, do not try this at home, you know, or this has been done by trained professionals. Do not try this yourself. And there's something about that where Jesus is saying, just please, whatever you do, just don't go out and start trying to share your faith and impact the world before you've got my Holy Spirit. If you do, it's going to go horribly wrong. If you do, it's going to be carnage. It's not going to bless me. It's not going to represent me. And it's not going to be helping you either. Um, I'm not going to be glorified. And you're not going to be uplifted. It is going to go horribly wrong. Please do not try this in your own steam. Um, this is for trained operatives who've been schooled in the Holy Spirit only. And there is something about that, like that we can't export what we've not got. You know, Phil was... Um, in the worship, just praying a prayer for all of us, saying, we need you. Come, Holy Spirit, we need you. You know, we need you to live. We need you to be able to pray for healing. We need you to be able to evangelize. It's not, it's better with the Holy Spirit. It's, you can't really do it without the Holy Spirit. Um, so, you know, there's this power to evangelize, to be a witness. And I know the word witness is a bit flexible, and if I were from a different like, like persuasion, I might have stopped already three times in my preach and said, come on everybody, can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? Give me a witness. But I'm not sure, by and large, that witness is something you do. I think, I think basically, witness is something you are, not something you do. And I know we can use the word to, to talk about actively witnessing, but I think when you boil it down, the most important thing is being a witness is something you are, not something you do. And it's, you know, legally, a witness is a person who's seen or heard something. And, and in a trial, they are asked to testify. In a trial, they are asked to submit a statement.
but not interested in, well, you know, on that particular day, I'd had my ready break and I, I, I was feeling full of energy. And, and in that moment, feeling full of energy, I saw the car hit the pedestrian. So, no, they want to know, when did you see the car? How fast was it traveling? Was the pedestrian already in the road when the car had come round the corner? They want the facts. Most of us are far too young to remember the 1950s American TV series, The Dragnet. But Dragnet was this investigator, and he just always talked to him and say, just the facts, madam, just the facts, madam. I'm not interested in the backstory. I just want the facts. Uh, and fundamentally, that's what being a witness is. You know, in 1 John 1, 1-3, boy, there's a lot of ones there, 1 John 1, 1-3, it says this, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked at, uh, and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard. Yeah, and and the, the thing is, that, that's basically what being a witness is. You know, that's basically what witnessing for Christ is. It's saying, it's saying what you've seen and heard. Um, and, and where do we say what we have seen and heard? Where do we get the opportunity to share what we have received. And, and you know, in this passage, it, it's got a really nice way of explaining it. It says, in Jerusalem, in Samaria and Judea, and to the ends of the earth. And I think, you know, if, if we kind of like cast that into our own context, it's right here. You know, right where you are, in Jerusalem, in the place you live, with the neighbours you have, with the acquaintances you know from work, with your friends that you bump into, it's where you live. It's, it's the sphere that you are in. But also, it's the places you go to. It's the region that you travel out to. It's the new acquaintances you make. It's the slightly further afield places. But also, it's the places that you won't go yourself. It's somehow through you and the contacts you have, it then goes on to way beyond you can ever reach. And I think, you know, one of the connections we have, and we have so many connections around the world, but one of the connections we have that excites us is, is Shine in Malawi and the people in, in Zomba. And, and some, you know, some of our congregation have been out, and that's amazing, and made physical contact and know some of the people directly. But so many of us others don't. But there's a connection that being this community here in Hull and doing what we do here, there's a connection that somehow takes our witness beyond our sphere and out very much right to, you know, the, I mean, the ends of the earth, it's, it's, whichever bit of the earth you're in, it's just the rest of it, isn't it? You know, you know I'm going, oh, the ends of the earth, like South, South America. But if you're Chilean, you're kind of like, that's, that's Jerusalem. The ends of the earth is like, like Norway. So just the far-flung reaches so far away from your normal sphere of influence. Yeah, so how? You know, the, the passage is clear. It's like, 
Share your faith. You know, um, talk about what you've seen and heard. Do it when you're baptizing the Holy Spirit, when the life of the Holy Spirit is in you, so that that sharing can be full of life and grace and is not a self-effort thing. But how? How do we physically go about that? You know, come on, Mark, that's great. I'm really excited. But practically, what can I go and do that will help me share my faith? What, what, what are we aiming for here? And, um, yeah, I was reading some uh, resources about this when I, when I was preparing and thinking about ourselves and this morning. And, and like, the penny dropped. And I, like, thought, you know what? If we really want to know how, we're reading a passage at the start of the book of Acts about the apostles and the early church being baptised in the Holy Spirit, if we really want to know how to share our faith, let's just keep reading the book of Acts. Let's just see what they did when they were baptised in the Holy Spirit, when they were empowered to become witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the ends of the earth. Because if we do what they did, that's pretty much, pretty much it. And actually... That is pretty much it. And, and what did they do? They talked to people. They talked to people individually. They talked to people in groups. They prayed for people to be healed. They had specific words and went to individuals and prayed for them to be healed or to receive a miracle. They um, defended the, the, the gospel when they heard other people talking about it in an incorrect way. Uh, they lived a shared life, a life of faith, and, and that life was a testimony to others because of its righteousness. So, so I just want to, um, yeah, I just want to give you some really practical kind of pointers to talk through that might be helpful, that might help us move on and, and be energised to, to share our faith. It was, at, it was at this section where I was thinking, you know what, I'm not sure I'm the best person to do this. You know, Phil is far more natural as, a, as an evangelist than I am. You know, if we're talking about like, you know, hearing from God and the prophetic and weighing prophecy, you know, maybe I'd like to say, you know, I'd like to take that one on, please. But, but actually, there's evangelism and evangelism. So we have different gifts. And as a church, we do different things. And the ministries that we get involved in often link with the giftings we have. And, and some of us do more care. Some of us do more pastoral. Some of us do more evangelism. Some of us do more teaching. Some of us do more children. Some of us do more wise counsel. Some of us do more administration. And, and what we do more of is kind of like linked with our giftings nearly all the time. But there's also things that we all do. We all worship because we are worshippers. And actually, this is not about the gift of evangelism and, and the scheme of evangelism. This is about the life of a Christian. This is about... All of us testify to what we've seen and heard. All of us, baptised in the Holy Spirit, effectively share our faith in the spheres that we are in. And, and, and actually, 
it's probably better that it's not Phil because Phil, you know, it's an area of ministry for him. Whereas for me, I, it's something I do because I'm a Christian. It's something you do because you're a Christian. It's something we all do because we're Christians. So first of all, you know, I've got six different practical tips to finish off with. And the first one is this, just be authentic and credible. You know, live a life that matches the message. It talked in the book of Acts about the believers sharing their resource for the common good, leaving a shared life. Um, live a life that matches the message. Hold yourself to account for the sake of the gospel. You know, we've all been in situations where we've said, yeah, I wish I hadn't said that, that was unhelpful. We've all been in situations where we've been tempted to join in something, whether it's gossip, whether it's whatever it is, to be with the crowd and to go along with the crowd in the moment. All been kind of like sucked into that. But hold ourselves to account individually for the sake of the gospel. Number two is pray for people. Um, pray for people in person with them present pray for people I, mean, I think a great thing to do in the age of consent is actually ask permission first do not randomly walk up to strangers in the street put your hand on their shoulder and start praying in tongues but, but actually when you ask people can I pray for you the answer no is actually infrequent you know, and when it's someone you know and have a relationship with I literally um, I mean, I've had people say, you can if you want, uh, which is not wholehearted, yes, please. But I've literally never had someone that I actually know say, no, I do not want you to. Uh, do, not, do not pray for me. Um, so ask for permission, but, but, you know, pray prayers of blessing. Pray prayers for healing. Pray prayers for miracles. Um, you know, number three. Be assured that there's no other qualification needed. You know, be assured that actually you don't need a ministry of healing to pray for a friend who's ill to be healed. You don't need a ministry of the prophetic to pray for someone who needs a miracle. You only need to be saved. You only need to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. Pray for people and be assured that no extra qualifications are needed. Uh, speak. Speak about what you've experienced of Jesus Christ. Share your experience. Um, I, I always think like, people don't necessarily like being talked down to. People don't necessarily like being told what they should do. But people generally are really happy, especially people you know, to hear what your perception is, to hear what you have found. I have found, I came to faith, and for me, uh, I share my experience. I'm not ramming the template, the blueprint down my friend's throat, but I'm not shying away from sharing that I did that thing because I just believed it was the right thing to do. Uh, I'm a Christian and I have faith in God and I just felt like it was the right thing to do and that's why I did it. 
Because otherwise, you know, you lead this like, like, it's like, I don't know if this is true, this is kind of like anecdotal. There's a, this Christian, he's been praying for his friend for years, really close friend at work, absolutely desperate for this guy to become a Christian. You know, this guy seems so receptive, they, they share an office space together. Um, and, and yeah, all the time on his knees and no breakthrough, no breakthrough, no breakthrough. And then this guy, um, 10 years later after sharing an office, turns around to him and says, oh, let me tell you what happened last night. Last night I went to this church meeting and there's a prayer and I went forward and I've, I've become a Christian. And this guy's got, oh, that's so fantastic. I've been praying for you for 10 years. And the guy over here says, oh, well, I've been searching and I've been thinking about things, but one of the major barriers that prevented me becoming a Christian earlier was you. Because I kept looking at how you live, live your life and I kept looking at how you interact with others and I thought, well, if you can be like that without Christ, why do I need Christ? And the guy's here going, no, no, I'm a born again Christian. And you're going, but you never told me. I just thought you were just a really great person. Um, and there's something about that, isn't there? About, like, you know, we just speak about what we've experienced in Christ. Just speak about what's happened to us. Just speak about why we make the decisions we make. Um, and number five, and, and I think, you know, this ties in with the, the street outreach, which is, you know, that can be a bit intimidating. Uh, and... People we know well can sometimes be the hardest. People we, we don't know well can sometimes be the hardest. Certain personality types can be the hardest. But practice. You know, practice speaking to people. Um, just seek out opportunities where the stakes are really low. You know, if you think, I don't know, I'd like to do this a bit more. Like, you know, go to the outreach just one week, weekend. Just, like, get the training. Go on the street with someone next to you. And... Uh, it might not be like, like the thing you do every single month, but just doing it once might just give you that little bit more, oh yeah, I think I could take on a conversation now. It's, you know, it, it doesn't have to be absolutely supernatural. In fact, sometimes habits are easier to build when we start low, when we start simple, where we start where the stakes are really low and the success is guaranteed. You know, if we said, Right, come on everybody, let's get really fit as a church. Let's start doing 50 press-ups every night. Like, you know, I, well, I, I think a lot of us wouldn't even be able to access it from the very start, but not many of us would keep it up for very long at all because it's too hard. But if we said, come on everybody, let's just do one press-up every day and then two weeks later we go, come on everybody, let's, let's, let's move to two press-ups every day. It's a bit like that, like, right, it's, it's a really great thing to pray for someone to be healed. It, it is. Um, but it might be quite intimidating to go to somebody in the street and say, I've just got this feeling that, um, you know, can, can I pray for you? It's like, just start really, really simple. Start where it's really easy. Build your confidence. Um, uh, yeah, just, just, you know, it doesn't have to be the most supernatural, the highest stakes thing to start with. Start, start simple and build up. Uh, and number six, don't be put off. Um, it's, it's, it's like that thing, isn't it? It's like you go, oh, I've got this pearl. Uh, it's incredibly precious. Would you, would, would you like the pearl? And someone says, no, I don't want your pearl. And you're like, oh, right. 
I'm not sure I want to offer this pearl to anyone else. It's, it, it's not ours, you know. We, uh, we don't own salvation. Uh, when someone says, no, thank you, that, that's on them. You know, it, it, that's, that's not our job um, to ensure someone receives. And when someone doesn't receive, we shouldn't be offended. You know, we're, we're witnesses. We're, we're testifying to what we've seen and heard. We're not responsible for what someone does with that. We're responsible for sharing that. We're responsible for being authentic. We're responsible for being filled with the Holy Spirit in order to represent God. Um, so don't be, don't be put off. Don't be down on yourself. Also, don't be offended. And, uh, you know, this is hard for me because I am. Don't be fragile. So, well, I'm not doing that again then. Um, no, it's okay. It's okay. It doesn't work every time. And for all of these things, being authentic, living a life that matches the message, making the decision that we are going to pray for people in person, knowing that we need nothing beyond that, speaking about our own experience, practicing speaking to people, and, and not being offended when it goes wrong, uh, and being comfortable and, and resilient enough to try again. With all those things, just ask for help. You know, you're not in this on your own. You're, you're in this because there's the life of Christ inside of you and you have the ability to do it because there's the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. Um, but as Phil said, we leak. We leak. We, we are people that leak and we constantly need to go back to that reference point of God, I can't do this on my own. Help me again today. And tomorrow, guess what? I'm going to be praying the prayer, Lord, help me today. So that's, that's it. That's, that's my practical pointers. This is not a message we can um, absorb by coming to the front and receiving something. It's a message we can absorb by thinking, you know what? I feel stirred up. I feel there are things I can do. Or it might be a message that makes us think, you know what, I need more of the Holy Spirit. I need to experience this baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, so folks, it's a, it's a, it's a takeaway message. There are, there are things there for us to take away. Let me, let me close with a prayer, whilst the band come back up. Lord, we wouldn't necessarily have chosen ourselves to represent you to the world. But we understand that we have your nature inside of ourselves. And Lord, we understand that your spirit is enough. We need nothing else. But Lord, I do pray that while we need nothing else, that you would give us a fresh sense of boldness and confidence that you would give all of us this morning a fresh sense of possibility in you, a fresh sense of knowledge of opportunity and a fresh sense of excitement. Lord, help us to always, always remember it's not us, it's not our message, but we represent, we represent you. Amen.